You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello, good afternoon and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by the 90 Min Podcast Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiou, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing some of Arsene Wenger's recent comments and we're going to be discussing the subject of Arsene Wenger in general. And the reason I wanted to do this episode and the reason I wanted to do this show is because we had a debate on Lee Judge's TV just a couple of days ago, myself, Dan Potts, Lee himself and, and Mark Partridge. And we, every time we do that show, we, we have a section at the end where we have what's called the Guna debate. And we ask a question and it was my turn that week to come up with the question. And my question was, if you knew then what you know now, would you have pushed Arsene Wenger out of the door if you were the football club? And... It was a debate that we tried to kind of condense down into, you know, 10, 15 minutes or whatever it was, but it simply wasn't enough time. And it felt to me like if I'm being completely honest, we hadn't even scratched the surface. And so I wanted to do an episode dedicated to that. I wanted to have that discussion, have that debate, put arguments from both sides across and also reflect on some of the comments that Arsene has made in the last few days uh, during an interview he gave to The Telegraph. Now, let me start off by saying that I'm not one of these people who thinks that in Arsene, with Arsene Wenger, he could do no wrong. I'm not one of those people who felt that every single decision he got right, uh, that every single decision he deserved 100% backing because of what he'd done in the past. However, I am someone that appreciates what Arsene Wenger did in the past. And so I guess my my stance on Wenger as a whole before we kind of dive into some of the nuances of it all is the positives that Arsene Wenger brought to the football club massively outweigh the negatives and so for that reason alone when you look at it that simply without diving into the ins and outs and without getting too involved in in certain elements of it that for me means that he deserves the respect of the Arsenal fan base and should always receive that respect should never be ridiculed can be criticized but being criticized and being ridiculed are two very very different things I think you can criticize certain decisions he made certain elements of his management but you should never criticize in my opinion Arsene Wenger for having the wrong intentions because I genuinely do believe that Arsene Wenger although some of his decisions were questionable and although he was probably too stubborn to see that he wasn't the man to take us forward anymore always in my opinion did what he believed was in the best interests of the football club. That's my personal opinion. I know people will agree. I know people will disagree. And feel free to let me know uh, in the comments. I'd love to hear from you guys uh, throughout this show. I want this to be a pretty interactive one. Uh, Cy Walder in the comments says, um, I can't read his book because I know it'll upset me. I've got to be honest. And, and Craig backs me up on this in the chat. He says, it's not a great book. I thought it could have been a lot more detailed. It did feel like a kind of a letdown. 
it did feel like the kind of book that had so much anticipation around it and, and so much kind of excitement around it that he was always going to let down, uh, that it was never going to live up to those very, very high expectations. And I kind of knew that going into reading it, but even still, I expected more. It was a little bit underwhelming. I think all the stuff that he said about his time at Arsenal Football Club came as no surprise to me. There wasn't something I, I read in there and I went, oh yeah, you know what, that was interesting and come away from it and, and had that in my mind as something different or something that the book had taught me. But I did learn a lot about Arsene Wenger prior to joining Arsenal that I probably didn't know. Um, so in that sense, it was good and it was great to understand where he came from and the background and how he got to where he got to, et cetera, et cetera, in the journey. But I didn't feel as though it was um, it was that great of a book. So I'm not discouraging people from reading it because I do think there are a lot of interesting elements to it. But if you're expecting Arsene Wenger, if you haven't read it and you're expecting Arsene Wenger to literally dish out the dirt on the football club and bring some real revelations to the table, I'm sorry, but you will definitely be disappointed. Let's... Um, Let's take a couple more of your, your comments uh, on the book. Uh, Will Dobson says the book seemed like a cop-out. Nothing you couldn't have learned from reading a timeline about the team. Agreed. Mike says, uh, always loving your your content as a US Arsenal fan. I think that's what he says. Keep up the good work. Nice content always. Thank you so much, mate. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, big hello to P-A-double-P to 28 Guy Happy. He says, have the book. Haven't even started it yet. Thinking of starting at page 121, though. Uh, Bonster says, I love Wenger and always will. The style of play, the level of players he brought to the club as a kid growing up, it was an inspiration. And Sports Genius says, Harry, Wenger's problem wasn't coaching. It was putting faith into the wrong players. Do you think if he would have had the director of football, the end would have been different? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think with Arsene Wenger... A director of football for me would have hindered him. I think it would have got in his way. I think one of the things that was so great about Arsene Wenger in his early years at Arsenal was that he had that autonomy. He had that complete control. And did it mean at times that he spread himself too thin and some elements within the club were probably lacking? Yeah, I think it did. But what it also meant was he would get players that he believed in. He would bring players in that he felt he could work with. And you never really had those issues with Arsene Wenger where... He brought in major money signings and then kicked them to the curb because it wasn't really working out or because he didn't necessarily want them in the first place. There were a lot of signings that Arsene Wenger brought in that didn't make it at Arsenal, but I would say the majority of them were of a lower profile, were players that were signed for nominal amounts of money as opposed to the ones that he signed for huge money who... Whether we think they were good enough or not, they did feature heavily in his plan. So he never really had that difficulty of fighting against the director of football over a difference of opinion. So I'm not sure. You know, I think there needed to be some more uh, voices maybe and, and maybe some more modern voices that might have seen Arsene Wenger look at some of his decisions with a with a microscope and say, you know what, maybe I did get this wrong. Maybe I do need to change that. I don't know. But um I think one of the great things about Arsene Wenger was he was his own man. And to me, I don't think that he would have been as successful in his early tenure if he had people watching over him and telling him what to do. 
Let's um, let's dive into some of these comments now that Arsene Wenger has made, because um, that's kind of the basis in the subject of this show. And then we'll come on to have that discussion uh, a little bit more around whether or not if we knew now or if we knew then what we know now, I always get mixed up with that phrase. If we knew then what we know now, we'd have moved Arsene Wenger on the way we did. Now, let's let's touch on those comments, as I say, uh, from that interview with The Telegraph. And this is what Arsene Wenger had to say. Now, of course, he left the club in 2018 after 22 years in charge. Um, he brought three Premier League titles to the club, seven FA Cups. He reached the Champions League final. But in his far, uh, final few seasons, the results did dip and there were growing calls of Wenger out from the fan base. We all know that. But since he's left... Arsenal have not been able to make it back to the Champions League. And last year, finished 8th. Our worst league finish in 25 years. Now, in this interview with The Telegraph, Arsene had the following to say. I think people are quite harsh about the last years. In 2016, we finished 2nd in the league. Leicester won, but other teams fell behind Leicester as well. And Leicester only lost 3 games. In 2017, we did not qualify for the top four for the first time in 20 years, but we managed 75 points. People don't realise that we won the FA Cup against Chelsea, who had just won the championship and had the chance to win the double. And after, in 2018, which was of course his final season, we lost the League Cup final against Manchester City. We lost in the semi-final of the Europa League against Atletico Madrid, but just by one goal. And he said, but look, I gave the best year, that phrase I was talking about yesterday, look, I gave the best years of my career to develop what I think is important, the stadium and pay it back and put the club in a position where it was capable of facing the future and had the potential to do well. So Arsene Wenger making it very, very clear that in his opinion, um, in, in his opinion, you know, the, the critics that he faced towards the back end of his Arsenal career were quite harsh. And actually, if you think about it, I'm not saying he didn't deserve any criticism. I'm not saying that he, you know, had been flawless or perfect or anything close to that. But when you think about that last season, the fact that we did go to the Europa League semi-final and got beaten narrowly by a very, very good Atletico Madrid signed, that we did go to the League Cup final and we still finished in a respectable league position, far more respectable than the one we finished in the last two seasons. I think you need to kind of look at it and say, well, yeah, maybe some of the criticism, maybe some of the reaction to that was a little bit OTT because I guess the best barometer of, of how good a manager was or what standard he had the team performing at is what happens after he leaves, right? And it's not got any better, that's for sure. And I think at times I've looked at it and I've gone, you know what, Arsene needed to go. Um, yes, we as a club felt that our ambition should be higher, that we should be pushing forward, uh, that we should be challenging at the very, very top of the Premier League. But actually, was that realistic? You know, I've talked about it so many times over the summer, in particular, when people were kind of losing their minds about what was going on at Arsenal Football Club. The fact is the game has changed. The landscape has changed. Manchester City have emerged as a really powerful force. Chelsea, over the last sort of 16, 17 years, have really kicked on and become a huge force. Manchester United will always be Manchester United. And Liverpool have undergone a real transformation under Jurgen Klopp. And then it becomes increasingly difficult to break into that top four. A lot more difficult than it ever was 
under Arsene Wenger. But Arsene Wenger was doing what he needed to do to achieve his objectives at that time, given that current landscape. And it was only in the last couple of years where things, you know, really dropped off and 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 got worse. But I guess for me, there's a few points that, that I kind of want to talk about when discussing this. The first one is the style of football. Okay, how much did you enjoy watching Arsene Wenger's Arsenal in comparison to Mikel Arteta or Unai Emery's Arsenal? And I would say I enjoyed watching Arsene Wenger's Arsenal a lot more. I really did. I used to go to games not confident all the time because, of course, Arsenal in the latter years of Wenger's career weren't as competitive as we'd have liked them to be. But I used to turn up to Emirates Stadium at the very least, knowing I'd be entertained, knowing that I'd see Arsenal take the game to their opponent, do their utmost to win it, and that I'd probably see goals. Now, were there moments in those final years where we were humiliated by some of our some of our opponents and some of our rivals? Yeah, there were. But I would argue that if Unai Emery was in charge for 22 years, you would have seen moments like that under Unai Emery. You would have seen moments like that, or you will see moments like that, under Mikel Arteta, if we are to give him 22 years at the helm, which I hope we don't, by the way. Uh, but this is this is the point, okay? You know, we we look at how long Arsene was there, and of course he's going to have lost more games by big scorelines. Of course he's going to have lost the Old Trafford more times, and all of that stuff happens because he was simply there for a long time. There's a much bigger sample size, therefore... From that sample, you'll be able to pick out the bits that suit whatever your agenda is, whether that be positive or whether that be negative. And I guess for me, um, you know, I've realized over the last two to three years where I've been working in football, probably two years where I've been doing it properly, that actually I place a hell of a lot of value on enjoying your team play. Because if you don't enjoy watching your team play, you you start to nitpick I think it impacts your mood in general and all of a sudden supporting a football club which is supposed to be your your kind of outlet or your kind of break or or I don't know what's the word it's, it's kind of be your it's supposed to be your thing that is away from the stresses of everyday life um, you then end up being more stressed about that and actually is it a good outlet no. Is it a positive thing for you? No. It's actually making you, uh, in fact, more miserable when football is not supposed to do that. Now, yes, there are ups and downs in football. And sometimes those downs, you know, they're really low. The highs, though, are really high. And unfortunately, a lot of it is out of your hands. But at the very least, under Arsene Wenger, I enjoyed watching Arsenal. I did. Can I say the same since he's left? And the answer is probably no. Maybe I felt it more because my job is is based around it now because I don't go to work from nine to five and I'm not going to say forget about Arsenal during that period, but don't have that distraction because I am all day reading Arsenal stuff, talking about Arsenal stuff, writing Arsenal stuff, thinking about Arsenal stuff. It becomes, it takes over your life even more so. And when it does and you're not happy and the fundamentals aren't there and the fundamentals are at least enjoying your team uh, play or enjoying the style of play, then I think it becomes a big problem. I think for me, when you when you ask me that question that I posed right at the beginning of the show, which was, 
if I knew now, or if I knew, I'd never get this phrase right. If I knew then what I know now, would I have pushed Arsene Wenger out the door? I would probably say no. Now, hear me out here because a lot of people are going to jump at that comment and say, whoa, whoa he'd, he'd have kept Arsene Wenger. Hold on a minute. Let me explain myself. Let me explain my reasons for that. I think Arsenal, as a football club, were naive to a couple of things. First of all, the wider landscape of Premier League football at the point that Wenger was no longer finishing in the top four. Okay, I think Arsenal were naive to the fact that had it not been for Arsene Wenger, Arsenal wouldn't have been in the top four for as long as they were because at times our budget was nowhere near what some of the other clubs vying for those positions were able to spend. Did Arsene Wenger make mistakes? Of course he did. He made a lot of mistakes. There's, a, I mentioned a lot of players that Arsene brought in over the years that didn't have the impact he would have hoped. And I think at the end of his career, those players started to cost more and more money. Again, you know, relative to the market at the time. But all of a sudden, you'd gone from signing, you know, a Cabo Diawara and a, you know, Christopher Ray and a, a Julio Baptista on loan and all these guys who, you know, were okay, but didn't really, there's some names from the past, didn't really kind of take it to that level or, or achieve those heights that you'd hoped. But they were relatively small investments. And then we got to the place where we were bringing in Shkodran Mustafi for in excess of £35 million, Granite Xhaka for in excess of, of £40 million. And all of a sudden, those deals that are no longer working out are, are costing big money and then hindering you in the transfer market moving forward. And I think that's where it started to go wrong for Arsene. And I think that's something that even his biggest fans will have to look at with with an honest viewpoint and say, you know what, Arsene, you, you did get some of those wrong. But what I, I, I thought Arsene Wenger did very, very well, that maybe Mikel Arteta hasn't, and probably Mikel Arteta hasn't, up until this point in his, in his managerial career, is Arsene Wenger recognised the value of simply having top-class players, okay? And having top-class players who you would afford freedom to and, and create an environment around them so that they could flourish. I don't think that Mikel Arteta does that. For example, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, I would say, is the closest thing Arsenal have to a world-class player over the last three or four seasons. Have they, have the club, has Mikel Arteta set up the Arsenal side in a way that you can say hand on heart is the best way to bring out the most of our top player? No, I don't think so. I think we've seen it in short spells. I think that FA Cup run that everybody talks about under Mikel Arteta when we defeated City in the semi and Chelsea in the final. I think Mikel set up in a way that complemented Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and we saw him score a brace in both of those games and lead us to FA Cup glory. So I do think he's done it at times. But I guess for me, you can talk a lot about team spirit. You can talk about systems, formations, tactics, etc., etc. But the problem is that sometimes we can overcomplicate football. And sometimes football is as simple as putting the best players out there and letting them do their thing and letting their talent get you over the line. And for years and years and years, when we had absolute shit in the team, some awful defenders, some really subpar midfield players and, you know, wide players who, who lacked them product, we had the likes of Alexis Sanchez 
and Mesut Ozil under Wenger um, when he was a, a really high performer for this club. Robin Van Persie, Sami Nasri, Cesc Fabregas, etc., etc. These guys were always that X factor and always gave Arsenal that extra 15, 20% that we needed to get ourselves over the line in difficult situations. And more often than not, it would work. And now we're in a place where we haven't done that and we've taken this more holistic approach of, well, we're building a team for the future now, which consists of five or six players coming in and then being the new core. But the problem with that is, in theory, it sounds great and I hope it works. You know, if it does, fantastic. But the problem is that, for me, you're now in a place where you're kind of hoping that those players achieve those heights. You're relying on players who haven't actually shown that quality yet going on to show that quality down the line and that being your saving grace and getting you over the line. When actually prior to that, we had top quality players. We had players coming into the club. Alexis Sanchez, top player, brought into the club. Big money, but it was worth every penny. Mesut Ozil, top player, brought into the club. Big money, but again, for most of his career, up until he signed that contract extension, was worth every penny. You look at Fabregas, you know, who was somebody who you could see from a very young age was going to go on to those levels. Robin van Persie, Arsene Wenger spotted his incredible talent, plucked him from Dutch football, brought him to the club. And, and you know, then the, the list goes on, the Nazaris, you know, even people like Emmanuel Adebayor, who Arsenal fans can't stand now, had massive impacts on this football club because Wenger always had two or three players that he could turn to in moments of difficulty that would get his team over the line. And and Mikel Arteta is taking a different approach and only time's going to tell if that approach works. But it's, I compare Arsene Wenger a little bit. And look, Arsene Wenger's a miles better manager than this guy I'm about to compare him to. But let's compare him to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer just for a second and hear me out here because this sounds a little bit strange, but you, you'll get where I'm going with this when I get there. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't overcomplicate Manchester United by putting in different tactical systems and playing different uh, phases of play and having it all rehearsed and scripted like Mikel Arteta does. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, okay, he's got a much bigger budget, has gone and identified players that he thinks will improve the team, top quality players. He's brought them into the club. He sets up a defence and a double midfield pivot of McFred and allows those forward players who have all the quality to go on and flourish. And I'm not saying that that is even enough anymore. Um, you know, that that is even enough anymore to take you on to titles. And, and I don't think Man United will win the title. So it, it isn't enough. But it's a step in the right direction. And I feel, for me, it's it's something that we've maybe missed the trick on. You know, yes, we're building a new team. And I hope that that is the, this phase done and that in windows going forward, we're not going to spend 140, 150 million pounds on six players and instead, we're going to spend 60, 65 million on one top player. Maybe we'll get two in a summer. And then the next summer, add another couple of top quality, ready-made players. I agree that the, the gutting of the squad needed to happen. And I agree that in part, Arsene Wenger is responsible for the squad that Mikel Arteta had to inherit. Because Unai Emery wasn't there long enough to make enough of a turnaround with the group 
to um to completely erase all the kind of vengerisms that were still within the club if that's what you want to call them so i do think that wenger was part to blame for that of course i, I don't completely uh you know clear him of all responsibility there but what i am saying is wenger's approach was very different and wenger's approach for the most part for 20 of the 22 years achieved arsenal's objectives now whether those objectives were what we wanted them to be as fans is kind of irrelevant to a degree because for me it's it's um you know it's it's it is what it is the club wanted to be in the champions league that's what wenger was doing you're only going to be judged by what your bosses set out as an objective not what onlookers believe or perceive to be your objectives You've also got to credit Arsene Wenger for the loyalty that he showed to this football club because he could have left. He could have left at the height of his powers. He could have joined Real Madrid. He could have joined a number of top, top clubs, bigger clubs than Arsenal, with whom he'd have probably gone on to have had greater success. And he never did. And that's why, for me, when people say, you know, Arsene Wenger put us in this mess or Arsene Wenger um, is the one that drove Arsenal down into the ground, I get irritated and I get frustrated. You can say that Arsene Wenger made mistakes and he made plenty, as would any manager if he was given 22 years in charge of a football club at the elite level. But what Arsene Wenger has also done is created that level of expectation. Okay, Your expectations as an Arsenal fan are where they are, largely due to Arsene Wenger. Okay, so when you're kicking off and ranting and raving about how bad finishing fourth was, just remember that in years gone by, you'd have taken fourth and you'd have been delighted with an FA Cup. But Arsene Wenger took us to that point where we believed we were the best team in the country and that we could win the Premier League week uh, year in, year out, where we were competing in UEFA Champions League finals. That was Arsene Wenger that did that. So then you flip it around and actually the stick that we're beating Arsene Wenger with is one that he's handed you because of what he's achieved in the past. So I, I really do get frustrated when people say that, um, you know, Arsene Wenger was or is the reason for where we are now. Yes, he plays some part, but ultimately the owners allowed him to stay as long as he did. Those people running the club at a higher level allowed Wenger to stay as long as he did. And they could have made that decision earlier on. And I don't think for a second Wenger really sat there and thought, yeah, you know what, I know that I can't do this job anymore. I know that I'm not going to take Arsenal to where they need to be. But I'll tell you what, I don't care. I'm going to collect my £8 million a year or whatever it was. Arsene Wenger wasn't thinking that. Arsene Wenger remained because he genuinely believed he could take the club back or, or at least closer to where the club needed to be. And actually, in saying that Arsene Wenger settled for mediocrity by aiming for top four finishes, I don't think that's the case. Arsene Wenger was one of the sorest losers you'll ever come across in the game of football. Arsene Wenger didn't like not being at the pinnacle, didn't enjoy not being at the very top. But Arsene Wenger was far more intelligent than a lot of football fans in general to see that with Manchester City emerging, with Chelsea emerging, with Manchester United. Now there was only one spot up for grabs in the top four. One to be fought out between Tottenham, who had developed massively in that period of time, between Liverpool, who were on an upward trajectory under Jurgen Klopp, between Leicester City, who had out of the blue won the Premier League in the 15-16 season and were now a contender. 
And Arsene Wenger understood that actually if you finished in the top four ahead of those sides, it's not ideal, but it would have represented a very good season. And and that's, you know, that's how I see it. So is he completely clear of all responsibility for where Arsenal find themselves now? No, because a lot of his mistakes are still lingering at the football club. But he was a part of every single aspect of Arsenal Football Club. You talk about him taking £8 million and that he was getting paid to fail and, and all of this. Well, he was doing everything. So actually, you could argue that he probably deserved a higher wage than most Premier League managers who had three, four directors above them uh, taking a lot of weight off of the shoulders. Not to mention the shit that he had to take from the media, from some of our own fans who you know, were absolutely within their rights to feel that he wasn't the right man anymore, but were not within their rights to stand and abuse the man who had given their club so much. The stadium, you know, people call it a soulless bowl and people talk about how we should have never left Highbury. Well, I'll tell you what, none of you were saying that when Arsenal revealed the plans to build the Emirates Stadium. We were all buzzing. We were all absolutely buzzing. We haven't seen the success that we'd have hoped off the back of moving there and unfortunately I keep talking about that thing the landscape but the landscape really did change and where Arsenal thought that the way to close the gap on the likes of United was to increase the stadium uh, capacity to uh, be on a level playing field in terms of revenue with some of these other clubs actually kind of became a little bit irrelevant when when the TV money became so significant because when the TV money went crazy then you started seeing clubs that didn't generate anywhere near as much revenue in terms of gate receipts being able to spend similar amounts because they had that big bump from the TVs coming in. So for me, this is such a far more complex matter than some people want to make it out to be. You know, people say Wenger wanted the new stadium and that's been our downfall. At the time, it was the right thing to do. It was the right thing for the club to look to expand to a new level. As I say, nobody at the time was saying uh, that, you know, it was um, that, you know, nobody was saying at the time that it was the wrong decision. And, and that's kind of my point. This is a great comment as well from from Steve Stone as well. And I'll come on to take some more of your comments in a moment. Don't worry. Uh, but this one just jumped out at me from the comments from Steve Stone, one of our members. He says he went toe to toe with Man U. They were miles above anyone else at the time. Man U had the resources to upgrade and we didn't. He tried and then Roman happened. Yeah, really great comment. Really great comment. So in conclusion to my question, which I've gone around about the houses in on for about half an hour now. If I knew now, here we go, he's messed it up again. If I knew, yeah, if I knew now, no. If I knew then what I know now, there we go, we got there in the end. I don't know why that gets me every single time. Um, would I have pushed Arsene Wenger out the door? Well, I think we can all agree that Arsene Wenger was no longer performing at the level that he needed to be or that the level that the club should have been. But what I would say is there needed to be more contingency planning there needed to be more preparation prior to Arsene Wenger's departure and the foundations needed to be laid prior to him being forced out of the door because we heard very late on in the season we were rocked by the news in fact that Arsene Wenger would be stepping down he's since admitted that he was told to move on but where was the contingency planning off the back of that? Where was the structure in place to ensure that that transition was as smooth as it possibly could be to maintain all the great things that Arsene Wenger had brought to the football club, but also bring some fresher and newer ideas to the table? 
None of that was there. None of that was there. And you know how it wasn't there? Because we had such a big turnover of staff behind the scenes in terms of directors, scouts, heads of football, heads of this, heads of that. All of this turnover there, which showed that there was no stable structure in the background. And then, of course, the appointment of Unai Emery. Now, I don't want this to sound like I'm going off on a tirade on Unai Emery because I've had my say on Unai Emery. I don't think he was the right man. I've said it time and time again. I've taken stick for it. That's fine. It's my opinion. I stand by it. But the fact that Unai Emery was appointed in the first place, despite us being linked with a ton of higher profile managers, despite us holding interviews with a number of high profile managers, to appoint Unai Emery on the short term contract that we did, a two year contract, tells you all you need to know about the fact that this club, post Arsene Wenger, behind the scenes, were completely incompetent and unable to do what what needed to be done in terms of appointing the right man, identifying the right man, and then bringing him in and creating the structure under which that manager could succeed. And I was beating that drum constantly at the time. I kept saying on every podcast, every radio show, anything I ever did, I constantly said that whoever comes in after Arsene Wenger needs to have huge shoulders because he's going to be carrying the burden of the entire club on his back because there is no structure. There is no strategy. Now, we're starting to see a little bit of a strategy now. And again, as I always say, time will tell if that strategy goes on to be the right strategy. But we are seeing a direction now, which I'm quite pleased about. But this should have happened when Arsene Wenger left and if it had happened prior to Arsene Wenger leaving or at least been put in place for when he did move on then maybe we wouldn't have finished eighth in the Premier League in successive seasons so that's my gripe with Arsenal Football Club and Arsene made lots of mistakes you know he did and there's no denying that but I still think that he brought a lot more good to the club than he did bad and I still think that had he stayed in charge for another season while Arsenal got this stuff in order and in place and and he had that final kind of swan song rather than it just being a couple of months I think that it would have lifted the whole club knowing that it was you know the last season of Arsenal and we were going to get behind him but also I don't think we'd have dropped to eighth place finishes I really don't I think Arsenal was good enough experienced enough smart enough to have at least seen Arsenal maintain Europa League level for the remainder of his tenure had he stayed one more season while Arsenal put in place the plans that needed to be put in place and built the structure that they wanted to have in place post Arsene Wenger and that's my view on it um that's how I feel about it let me take some of your uh comments in the chat box uh GB says KSE is the problem they don't know football and couldn't care less about performance on the pitch completely agree They're the root of the problem, right? They're the biggest issue because you can talk about bad managers. Who hires the managers? They do. You can talk about managers outstaying their welcome. Who keeps them in the job? They do. So they are ultimately the biggest issue here. I think we can all agree on that. But it goes back to the point that that I've been making when having discussions with friends over this over the last few days. From a purely footballing perspective, take the business aspect out of it. From a purely footballing perspective, I would have tr- I trust Arsene Wenger, given everything he's done, everything he's achieved, to run a football club more than I currently trust someone like Edu. Now, will Edu prove himself to be a very smart appointment and someone who helps restore this club to the glories that it once had? 
possibly. But at this stage in Edu's career, how could you possibly give him more credit in the bank when it comes to identifying players, when it comes to, um, you know, the the overall running of the football club, helping him bear the philosophy? How could you trust him more than Arsene Wenger? You couldn't. And, that, and that's my, my point. When we're talking about if I knew then what I know now, would I have made this change? I wouldn't have made the change at the time that the club made it. I'd have given myself a little bit longer to get the things in place that needed to be put in place so that when he did leave, you know, we we know there was always going to be a big impact. You lose someone who's been there for 22 years and controls every element, every aspect of your football club, it's going to be felt. But we needed to manage that transition a lot better. And we should have seen it coming. We should have seen it coming from what happened to Manchester United. Wrong man came in, structure wasn't behind him and they went on a decline and it's taken them years to get back to a point where they feel like they can compete for the biggest prizes again. So, yeah, um, the, the planning needed to be better for me. It really did. Jid F32 says, why have we convinced ourselves that it would be impossible to break into the top four? Liverpool won with a right back from the academy, a left fullback from Hull, and many players considered rejects by their previous clubs. Let me just clear that up, Jid. I don't think it's impossible for Arsenal to finish in the top four. I don't think it's impossible for anybody to break into the top four but it is certainly more difficult now than it ever has been and therefore if you miss out on it narrowly then that shouldn't be seen as a major failure okay if 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 finishing in the top four is is regarded as success then finishing just outside of the top four shouldn't be extreme failure the margins can't be that small if you get what I'm trying to say. And that's my point here. So I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm saying that if, for example, let's take, for example, and I know this is a bit far-fetched, but if Arteta was to miss out on the top four this season by three points, would you say that was a failure of a season? Some Arsenal fans would. And I would say to those Arsenal fans that your expectations are unrealistic. It wouldn't, it might not constitute success because ultimately you've just missed out on your target but you can't go from three points being the difference between you having an incredibly successful season and an incredibly poor season three points is too fine a margin and and that's the point i'm trying to make here let's see uh what else uh, we've got here uh, steve says i'm plenty old enough to remember many dire arsenal teams before wenger arrived after watching george graham's arsenal wenger was a breath of fresh air uh, Cy Walder says, you think maybe that was the plan, but the fans sped up the process in regards to maybe giving Wenger a little bit more time and building those, uh, those kind of foundations in the background, possibly. But then as a club, you've got to be able to resist that noise and, and understand what your plan is and, and what you, where it is you're trying to get to and implement your strategy. And yes, the fans can apply pressure, but sometimes you have to block out that noise because Believe it or not, not every fan, even, you know, and I include myself in this, not every fan always knows what's best for the football club. We think we do, and it comes from the right place. It comes from the heart, but we don't always know the full picture. And therefore, we can't always possibly make um, the, uh, you know, you know, we can't possibly make a fair judgment when we don't know the deal. Uh, Jid says, but Harry, we finished six points off the top four last season. Everybody's moaning about it because of the number eight in our league position. Those are the margins of our toxic fan base. That's a great point. You know, I don't like finishing eighth. It, it, aesthetically, it doesn't please me. 
and aesthetically I don't like it but I also recognise that we weren't a million miles off of the top four and it's why I never lost my shit last season like some Arsenal fans do it was also Mikel's first in charge let's see where we are come May and we can make another judgement and we can make a more informed judgement for sure let's see uh, what else we've got Pat Moyle says how could there have been a plan when Gazidis was looking for his exit strategy again um, you know it's a really, really good point, Pat. It's a fantastic point. And it again, though, doesn't it highlights that the incompetence of those above Arsene Wenger even was the real root of the problem. And Arsene Wenger, in a lot of ways, covered up their shit, um, papered over the cracks for them by delivering top four finishes and, and FA Cups here and there. And you kind of come to the point where when the anger's gone and when the emotion has been taken out of it when the dust has settled when the time has passed you have to look back and be fair on Arsene Wenger and say that the positives that Arsene Wenger brought to Arsenal Football Club hugely outweigh the negatives uh, Don Juan says question for Harry what's up with the lack of creativity in this team are the players not good enough or is it down to management I think it's a bit of both Don I, I do I think it's partly it's partly because I don't think that the attacking talent we've got is at the level it needs to be. I've had this kind of discussion a lot recently. Love Emil Smith-Rowe, love Bukayo Saka, love what they should go on to become. But they're not there yet in terms of their outputs and they're not at a level yet where we can rely on them. And I genuinely do believe that. Um, and that is contributing to a lack of creativity. I think Aubameyang's centre-forward play overall isn't isn't as advanced and as uh, sophisticated as it could be, which would help us with chance creation. Um, not saying he's bad by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I do believe that he could do more from that perspective. And I think, you know, sometimes we are a little bit overcoached. I, I don't think that is the main reason. I, I've said it before. I feel that's a bit of a cop-out and it's kind of a way of taking the focus off players that the fans don't seem to want to criticise, i.e. some of these young Haylenders, which we shouldn't be criticising, but you get my drift. I do think the overcoaching thing is a small part of it and a small element of it, but it is overblown. I've got to be honest. Uh, Inter says, uh, soft Arsenal fans this year was the year Arteta was meant to be under pressure. Now he needs another season. Who said he needs another season? I'm saying let's see where we are um, come the end of the season. He's had that. For me, he's had that freebie season last time out but I'm not going to cast my judgment on Mikel Arteta five games six games whatever it is into the Premier League season and say it's been a success or it's been a failure because you don't know at this point and anything that anybody says would would simply be a guess and a prediction and uh, you know I don't deal with predictions I deal with certainties and and that's the way I look at it Right, I think we are going to leave it there. It's a fantastic discussion. Great to have you guys uh, inputting in the chat box as well. I will um, I will uh, be back later on today with some more Arsenal-related content. I'll be bringing you a post-match video from Emirates Stadium after the game between Arsenal and AFC Wimbledon in the Carabao Cup because I realise the game is not being televised and it's not even being televised, televised sorry, around Europe, which means those of you who obviously use those 100% legal streams um, are going to struggle to find it as well. In fact, I don't think you're going to find it. I think it's going to be a throwback uh, today to the olden days. I think it's going to be a radio job. Arsenal.com are bringing live commentary. I think it might be on BBC 
Radio 5 Live as well for those of you in the UK. Uh, so do check that out. But I'll I tell you what, when I was a kid growing up, I listened to a lot of football on the radio because there wasn't anywhere near as much available on the TV. And I used to lay down in a dark room, no joke. I used to lay down with the lights off and I used to just close my eyes and listen to the game. And you'd be surprised where your imagination can take you and how clear a picture, if you've got a good commentator, um, you know, you can you can start to build and create in your mind. So it is a much better experience than people give it credit for. We are a spoiled group of fans in terms of our generation, in terms of, um, you know, in terms of what we've been subjected to in terms of access and we've had a lot more than than previous generations and now when we can't see a game it almost kind of feels uh like it like it should be we should be outraged about it but it's it's the way of the game and and that's uh that's the situation tonight so it is on the radio it is on arsenal.com check out the commentary and of course i will be uh bringing you uh, some reaction and then when i get home which will probably be around about 11 o'clock by the time I do, we'll be bringing you that reaction podcast and we'll be discussing things in a little bit more detail. Uh, big shout out to Gino Corleone for his very, very kind super chat donation. He says, I don't, if you do remember, or I don't know if you remember, I guess what he's trying to say. I told you before about Wenger and I was right. When you pray for the rain, you got to deal with the mud too. Great comment great point uh thank you gino and thank you of course for your very very kind super chat donation let's quickly check in where we are in terms of the likes at the moment we've got uh, over 200 of you watching us across the multiple platforms we've only got 60 likes on the board here on youtube please do hit the like button if you haven't done so already please do subscribe to the channel if you're new it really really does help if you want to go one further and become a member you can do so by clicking on the link in the description i'll be back later on as i say with more arsenal related content focused around that game between the gunners and mk dons in the carabao cup uh, so stay tuned turn your notifications on download the podcast if you prefer to listen via the audio platforms and we'll be back very very soon until then ciao you're listening to the chronicles of aguna the arsenal podcast i'm martin tyler and you're listening to harry Simeon.